so good to be back at church. We've been away um, for three weeks, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on. Um, but I just want to honor Pastor Hartley and Pastor Natalie. Uh, even though they're not here, we are so, so grateful and thankful to be under their leadership. And it's truly a blessing. Tonight, I have the privilege of sharing on worship and being unlocked in particular in worship. It's interesting. Being unlocked in worship kind of alludes to the fact that we can actually be locked or, or held back or withdrawn. Um, you can lock yourself out of your house, which I've done before, but even though it's still your house, you know, so that's a bit, uh, that's what I want to talk about tonight. It's this inside out concept. It's not, um, it's not to say that we're, we're held back or we need to change or anything like that. This isn't like, let's look good on the outside in our worship. It's not that at all. This is, I'm singing because I know what God has done in my life. I'm praising, I'm worshiping because I know where I was, I know where I've been, and I know where he's taking me. When speaking with, with Dan on, um, on this topic, he was talking about being physically unlocked, emotionally unlocked, and spiritually unlocked. Now, physically unlocking for me is, um, for me is singing. It's literally just singing from my soul. I don't think I can do that and not be physically moved. Have you ever looked around and seen that one person in church and they're like all out and you're just like, man, that's, a, that's the real Christian. Like, you know, they're connecting with God and you're just like, how do I do this? Like, how? they're just lost in that worship. I had this one friend, uh, it was like five years ago and um, there was, I don't know if it was a worship night out at Oxford Falls or something like that, maybe a young adults night, youth night or something. And I took him and he, he's, he's not a, he's never been to a church like this before. So we walked in a bit late and, um, and you know, people have their eyes closed and their hands lifted. And he's looking around like, what is going on? And I was like, oh man, this guy thinks we're the biggest weirdos. Like, whatever. And then he just stops and he looks at me and I'm looking at him and he's like. <laughs> he just did the most awkward hand lift ever, like directly vertical. I was like, wow, this guy's connecting like palms open, like. That's being, I think God loves that. Just being so unlocked, like Jesus, to have, have it all. Do you know what I mean? Being emotionally unlocked, having a good attitude, being sweet-spirited, not worrying about what happened today or in the week, just coming before God, you know, ruling your emotions, not letting them rule you. And, and did I say spiritually unlocked? Not yet. That was, that was emotionally unlocked. Spiritually unlocked, I think, has a lot to do with our week, what we do in the week. We, we don't even, we don't just have to worship here. At, at church, we can worship at home, getting into prayer and the word, all this kind of basic stuff. Um, Acts 16 tells us about Paul and Silas in prison. Their choice to praise brought about their freedom. I don't think God needs our praise and worship. I think we worship him more for our benefit than his. Bringing praise and worship to God reminds of us his, of his power and authority and positions us in a place of submission and awe. It diminishes the power of sin and darkness over our lives and brings attention to who God is, not only what he can do. Sometimes I feel like, you know, we're looking at the lyrics like, no, can I be real for a second? Oh, Jesus wasn't crucified in a field. It was on a hill. You know, like that mix, the mix was a bit, I couldn't worship. Adrian, bro. Like, well, you know, we need to come before God, come to the altar, get out of ourselves. We've been changed, set free. We're in awe of you, God. We lift his name. 
our connection with music was always intended for worship. And it's, it's so hard for me to learn a scripture, but so easy to learn a song. About midnight, uh, sorry, Acts 16, verse 25, 27 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. God dwells in the praises of his people. The style and how you express your praise and worship is not as important as the response of the heart behind it. And that's what I want to talk about, our worship reflecting the posture of our hearts. All we ha when we have nothing, all we have is worship. Now, I'm going to give you the shortest version I can. About four weeks ago now, we, we, we took off to the homeland, to Lebanon. Upon arrival at the airport, I was detained for six hours. Now, apparently, it's a criminal offense to go to Israel and then go to Lebanon. And I'd been to Israel three years ago. So for six hours, we were stuck in the airport. Um, and then I had to go through a process. I got let in the country. Thank God we made a few phone calls to Lebanese mafia, we know. And <laughs> they got it handled. And um, <laughs> I had, after six hours, I was ready to sleep in the airport. My poor dad was with me. And um, we made it in. So we get to the hotel like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. I had to go through a process to, to get my name cleared so I could leave the country. I had to go to court. And when you think of court, you think of Parramatta Court, nice building, you know, suit and tie. This, this wasn't that. This was a, a military compound. This was soldiers, AKs, and I couldn't go in on my, like, I had to go in my, on my own. Took my phone, took my wallet, um, took my watch. Um, and I was sitting literally with real criminals. These guys didn't steal a packet of chips. These guys were, <laughs> were scary. What they try and do is make you wait to break you. So when I went there, I had to wait another six hours, but you don't know what's happening. You, there's no, it's not like Australia. There's no, oh, wait here, well, you know, you're up next, you know, sign here. It's none of that. It's like go sit with everyone in cuffs and chains. And I waited there for another six hours. My parents having no idea what's happening, they're outside waiting, you know, anything could have, it could have been a lot worse and I thank God it wasn't because of worship and that's all I had. And all I could do was sing <laughs> in that time and praise God, you know. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. John 4, 24, thank God, yeah. So there were a few days like that. It wasn't just one day. I had to go to the Central Intelligence another day then back to the court, take mug shots. It was crazy. Um, but, you know, thank God he got me through that time. And, and it, was all it was all for this. And it was all for worship. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So if you see me dancing awkwardly behind the keyboard, or if you see me crying in worship, it's because I know what God has done for me and where he's pulled me out of. And we all have a story, and, and this is where we should be worshipping from. That is the context of our worship. It builds a sense of community, and it breaks down the barrier between the stage and the church. So don't come to hear the band, although we are amazing. Come to meet with God. And don't forget that we're on the front line, and we're at war in worship. We're at war against depression, anxiety, fear, despair, brokenness, 
we're at war when we get on. So I also have the honor of introducing our music director. I have known Dan Karatz since I was like 12. We were upstairs in the youth room here and he was coming out and singing and, and now he's, he's across all C3 worship locations and it's such an honor to be working with you and under you, Dan. You're such an awesome leader and we really honor you, man. So can we give him a big round of applause? Amazing. What a story. My gosh, crazy. I just want to stand on our feet just quickly. And um, let's, just, let's just spend a moment, take a moment tonight just to, just to wait on God. I believe He's going to do something in your world, in your life tonight. Something's going to get unlocked. open up your heart. The Bible says when we draw near to Him, when we draw near to God, He draws near to us. Let's just take a moment to be still. Jesus. Thank you for your presence. That in your presence is fullness of joy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, all the power, all the majesty. To your name be the glory forever and ever. And we all said, Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Amazing. Do you want to just want to chill? Stay with me.
Is it po- and you guys grab a seat. Is it possible I could get a little fold back up here? Raise that, Reggie. Adrian, sorry. Um, apologies, I, I haven't been entirely well over the last couple of days and um, woke up this morning and, and it's all kind of blocked and, and didn't have much of a voice. So um, you're just going to have to bear with me um, tonight. Um, but um, let's, let's, well, what was that? Let's, um, let's honor Brad. Just that, that was amazing just earlier. Brad, incredible. And um, for those who don't know, Brad's actually on staff. Um, within our within our worship department, and just come on staff. What in the last month or two? And um, just come on staff, and and and, and as I think um, Amanda mentioned earlier, I oversee all of the worship um, across um, all our loca- all of our locations across Sydney, which we I think we have 11 locations now. And there's um, believe it or not, there's 300 people on our um, on our on our rosters across across um, Sydney. And, um, and we just brought Brad on staff just recently, and um, I very much so got a heart for for um, our worship all across Sydney and all across our locations. I know it's exciting, exciting days ahead, and um, I know something's going to unlock, something's going to break out. I see like the the cork on a champagne bottle being popped. I see the, the, the lid, the seal on something being lifted. And I tell you what, in the next six to 12 months, God's going to do something in our locations. And I believe God's going to do something in the worship of our locations all across this city. But I'm Psalm 103. It's a Psalm of David. And as we look at the first five verses, it says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amazing passage of Scripture right there. A psalm of David, a, a song of David. And I can't, I can't tell you much of the background of this psalm, but what I do want to focus on for a moment is who David is talking to. See, David isn't speaking directly to God. David isn't leading a congregation in worship, nor is he addressing his fellow worshipers. David is speaking to himself. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. David is leading himself in worship. We are either one of two things. We are either inside-out worshipers or we're outside in worshipers. Outside in worshipers worship when circumstance, when life is going well for them. But inside out worshipers worship regardless, regardless of circumstance, regardless of their situation, regardless of what they're journeying through or navigating through. They are true 
worshipers. You can't choose your season, but you can choose your spirit. You can't choose your season, but you can choose your spirit. I've been in our church and, and been based at Oxford Falls since the, the day I was born. Been in our church for um, over 34 years now. And um, I've been singing, been, been, been leading worship, been, been a songwriter in our church since my mid-teens. And, 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 you know, been doing this week in, week out for, you know, well over 15 years. Um, been on staff for, um, for the worship department of our church um, for almost 10 years now. And, and, and just um, over the last 18 months have, have stepped into this new role of overseeing um, all, all the worship across our, our locations. Previously, previously to that was working for Ryan Smith and, um, and just been in this new role for the last um, 18 months. In January of 2016, I had a lump. I had a tumor cut out of my throat. And by, by lump and tumor, it's nothing cancerous. There was nothing life or death, but it was life or death for my vocal cords. I remember waking up from, from surgery and I remember the doctor saying this to me. He said, I don't know if you're ever gonna be able to sing again, let alone speak properly again. I wasn't allowed to talk for eight weeks, wasn't, allowed to, wasn't able to do much singing and, and worship leading for almost a three-year period. A singer's worst nightmare. The irony of this whole journey is that in August of 2016, Pastor Phil Pringle, our senior minister, called me into his office and asked me to be the next worship pastor of our church. And if I'm honest with you, it was the, the last, the very last thing I, I, I thought that was going to happen. And as a matter of fact, I, I'd kind of somewhat made peace in my heart that, that maybe this is something that I'm never going to do again. And maybe this is something I'm going to have to move on from and maybe find another area in church life to be a part of. Maybe, maybe start a location or, or, or plan a church. You know, this was the, was the, was the very, very last thing I, 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 um, I thought God was going to do. And it's amazing how... Your circumstance, your situation can be one thing, but what God is doing is another. And I want to tell someone here tonight who's maybe navigating, journeying through a situation, a circumstance in your life, in your world, maybe it's to do with your, in your, your workplace, your finances, your health, family life, home life. I want to tell someone here tonight that just because your circumstance is one thing, Just because your circumstance, your situation is, is one thing, doesn't mean that God is at work or isn't at work behind the scenes, working all things out together for good. Now, towards the end of, end of, end of last year, I, 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 I just started singing again. And are now leading worship um, in, in, our, in our church, in our locations, and it's, come on, praise Jesus. It's taken some time to, um, to get my strength back, and, 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 I'm and, I'm, and I'm quite particular and careful and just making sure I kind of look after myself and, and, and all that. But I, sh I share all that to say this, that 
I may have the title worship pastor. I may have the title worship leader. But first and foremost, I'm a worshiper. Voice or no voice, stage or no stage, I'm a worshiper. I love Jesus. I love His presence. I love His Word. I love His church. I love His people. I'm a worshiper. First and foremost, we are worshipers. And I love this. I love this Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. All that is within me. It's not half hearted worship. David doesn't say, Some of me will worship, or a part of me will worship. David says, All that is within me. Matthew 22, verse 37 says this Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. I heard someone say once that you worship whatever has your heart's affection, your soul's ambition, and your mind's attention. The first of the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods but me, has to do with who we worship. The second commandment, you shall, make not, you shall not make idols, has to do with how we worship. Because we can have received Jesus, we can be in church, but we can still make idols of things. We make money an idol. We make career an idol. We make material things idols. The, the need for affirmation becomes an idol. When unforgiveness and bitterness takes root in our heart, it becomes an idol. We idolize people. We can even make ministry an idol. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And you've got to understand this isn't about having it all together. It's not about having it all together. God's not after perfection. Because all of us would fall short at that, right? This isn't about having it all together. It's about bringing it all to Him. It's not always easy and easier said than done. But that's what makes it worship. There's a price. There's a cost. There are sometimes tears. In John 4, Jesus says that God is looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. And we didn't have time to unpackage all of that, but I quickly want to highlight this, that it says God is looking for worshipers. It doesn't say God is looking for worship. It says God is looking for worshipers. And Brad's already said it tonight, but God doesn't need our worship. God is not insecure. God doesn't need to be reminded of, of who He is so He feels better about Himself. It's not that God needs our worship. It's what worship unlocks in us. Worship realigns us to Jesus. We've been created 
to worship. Isaiah 43.7 says, everyone who is created, sorry, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. We've been created for the glory of God. We've been created to worship. So it's not a matter of what do you worship? It's a matter of who do you worship? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. David says, forget not, because too often we forget. You know, and we're told in, in church that we don't have to be defined by our past, and I believe that wholeheartedly. But sometimes we need to look back at what God has done to give us hope for the future for what God will do. And if He's done it before, I want to tell you tonight, He'll do it again. If you've experienced breakthrough in an area of your life, of your world, well, what's stopping breakthrough from coming, coming to another area of your world, of your life? If He's done it before, He will do it again. If you've experienced the blessing of God in your life, well, I want to tell you tonight, there is only more blessing to come. Thanksgiving and praise reminds us what God has done and what God does. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, this, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. I love how the, the message translation, how Eugene Peterson puts it in, in, in the message translation. It says this, Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Some of us talk rubbish, talking praise, thank Him, worship Him. Some of us need to change the, the negativity, the, the cynicism, the, the trash, the, the rubbish that comes out of our mouth about life, about others, and even church. The Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. Thanksgiving and praise is the key that unlocks the gate into His courts. It unlocks the gate into His presence. Thanksgiving and praise makes way for worship. It creates an atmosphere for miracles, signs and wonders. Thanksgiving and praise, the Bible tells us, silences the enemy. Thanksgiving and praise is about what God has done and what God does. But worship is about who God is. Revelation 4 gives us a, a sneak peek into worship in heaven. And it says there are, there are living beings surrounding the throne declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. See, worship has got nothing to do with us or what we can do for God. It's got to do with, it's got nothing to do with our needs, our wants. Worship has to do with the majesty and the magnificence of who Jesus is. In Matthew 4, one of my most favorite passages of Scripture, Jesus asks His disciples this question in verse 13. Sorry, Matthew 16, verse 13. 
and he asked his disciples this question, who do people say I am? And they respond, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, others say you're Jeremiah. And then verse 15, he asked them this, but, but who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And see, there comes a point in, in all our lives. And I believe this is what being a mature believer is about. When we stop living out of other people's faith, out of other people's revelation, whether it is a friend, a, a family member, a connect group leader, our pastor, there comes a point when we've got to take responsibility for our own work, walk with God. And Jesus asked this question, but who do you say I am? And Simon responds in verse 16 and he says this, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then one of the most incredible things takes place. Jesus responds in verse 17 and he says to Simon, he says, blessed are you Simon for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven and I tell you, you are Peter. Jesus changes Simon's name to Peter. Some scholars believe that Peter was known to be a little fickle and easily swayed. Peter means rock. Jesus changes his name from fickle to rock. And it doesn't matter what you've maybe been labeled as or what the medical report is, Jesus sees it, Jesus sees you differently. And then Jesus begins to prophesy into Simon Peter's life, into his future. And in verse 18, he says, you know, Jesus goes on to say, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, thanksgiving and praises about what God has done and what God does. But worship, as I've said already tonight, is about who God is. And when we tell God who He is, He tells us who we are. When we encounter God, we discover purpose. Can I have the musicians come up on stage? It says we come to a close tonight. I want to finish with a particular passage of Scripture that I feel very close to my heart and have so for the last 18 months and, and pretty much any opportunity I've, I've been given to, to speak or share, um, probably nine out of ten times I would probably um, quote or, or share from this passage of Scripture. And, 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 I, and I even would go to the extent of saying I feel like this passage of Scripture is even, um, even um, a passage for, for our church and for our locations and our worship in particular. And Isaiah 42 Verse 9 and 10, it says this, Behold, everyone say behold. Whenever you see the word behold in the Bible, it's because the writer or really God for that matter is wanting to get your attention. And there's obviously lots of incredible things all throughout the Bible. But, but whenever you see that word behold, it's because, it's because the writer or really for God for that matter is wanting you to kind of lean in and not just, not just hear something, but, but catch something. 
Are you ready to catch something tonight? Behold, the former things have come to pass. I love how the Bible states the obvious, the, the things that have happened have happened. And new things are now declare. And I believe God is wanting to bring you into a new day, into a new season. I believe God's wanting to pour out tonight upon your world, upon your life, a new oil, a new wine. And new things are now declare. And it says this, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. In other words, before it's happened, I'm gonna tell you about it. And what happens when, when Jesus, when Christ enters our, our, our life, He fills us with purpose, with destiny. We get a vision for our future. Inside of each one of us here tonight, there are, there are dreams, there are desires, there are things in your heart that have not come to pass yet. Would I be right? And then verse 10 baffles me. It says this, Now sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. And what baffles me about verse 10 is why would it tell us to sing? Why would it tell us to worship if what God has promised in verse 9 has not come to pass yet? Why would it tell us to sing? Why would it tell us to worship if the miracle hasn't happened yet? Why would it tell us to sing? Why would it tell us to worship if the breakthrough hasn't come to pass yet? Why would verse 10 tell us to sing if what God has promised in verse 9 has not come to pass yet? And I want to tell you tonight, it's because praise and worship brings breakthrough. Praise and worship brings breakthrough. Catch this. The new song isn't in the new day. The new day is in the new song. I'm going to say that again. Someone's going to catch that here tonight. The new song isn't in the new day. The new day is in the new song. Because when we worship, prison doors open. When we worship, chains break. When we worship, angels are deployed. We wage war on the enemy. When we worship, the Bible says mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. When we worship, demons tremble. When we worship, darkness flees. When we worship, giants are slain. When we worship, strongholds are broken. When we worship, healing signs and wonders take place. When we worship, heaven meets earth. When we worship, the glory of the Lord shines forth. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. So here's the thing. Even if the breakthrough doesn't happen, is Jesus not enough? Is Christ not enough? Is the finished work of the cross not enough? And that's why voice or no voice, stage or no stage, breakthrough or no breakthrough, He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. 
Jesus says in the Gospels, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And I believe this, that worship can grow the church. Worship can grow the church. And by worship, I'm not talking about the worship team. I'm talking about together, you I, as we lift up the name of Jesus, as we, as we sing forth the, the honor of His name, I tell you what, salvation is going to come to your world, to your home, your household. Salvation is going to come to this city. Don't underestimate the power of your praise, the power of worship, the power of song, the power of a life devoted to Christ. Isaiah 2.2 says this, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to what? To worship. Let's just reach out our hands here tonight. Come all across this place. Come on, open up your heart. Reach out your hands as a sign of surrender, as a sign of just openness, of hunger, of desperation, to encounter God, to... Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, oh God, oh God, even right now, God, people's circumstances. God, turning around, God. God, things shifting in people's worlds, in people's lives, God. God, chains, Lord God, areas of, of people's worlds and, and, and struggles and temptations that have, have kept people bound, that have held people back right now. Here tonight, God, things breaking off people's worlds, people, things breaking off people's minds, addictions, strongholds, fear of man. Thank you, Jesus, discouragement for disappointment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just stay here a little longer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, a God, a God. Thank you, Lord, God, for dreams. God, being reawakened, being revived. There's someone here tonight, and you've, you've, you've shelved a dream, a vision that, from a young age, that God put in your heart, and for whatever reasons, maybe because of discouragement, disappointment. You've shelved it. You've left it. You've walked away from it. You thought, I'm not good enough. I thought, you've thought, I, I, I could not amount to this. I couldn't, uh, surely I couldn't, I couldn't do that, be that. I see, I see, I see tonight you, you going back to that shelf and, and that thing that you shelved, you with your hands laying hold of again and your faith being stirred tonight. Thank you, Jesus. God, for discouragement, disappointment, being broken off people's lives, off their world. Thank you, Jesus. God, for things being unlocked, Lord God, in people's hearts, in, 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 in people's souls, Lord Jesus. God, oh God, oh God, greater depths, greater heights of worship. Lord God, being unlocked in our locations, in our church. Lord God, all across this city, Lord Jesus. God, oh God, oh God, oh God. An army, 
of musicians, an army of singers, an army of, of worshippers, young men, young women, people of all ages rising up, selling out to the house of God, selling out to Christ, building His church, lifting up the name of Jesus all over this city, all over this, all over Sydney, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God.